0: This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on insurance. Today I'd like to speak about the contents required for a complete and useful liability claims file. The claim file is the basic foundation on which all claims are resolved. It is used by defense counsel to properly defend a claim, It is the source of all necessary information to make a reasoned decision with regard to a claim. An incomplete claim file is a danger to the insurer and its insured and is evidence of unprofessional claims handling. For all liability claims, it is important to memorialize and record the facts as determined by the thorough investigation of the claims person, as soon as possible after the incident that caused a liability claim to be filed. Insurers have adopted computerized log notes so that claims personnel can record but not erase notes of the conduct day to day, day by day, that they do so to allow supervision of the claims handlers, comply with the requirements of state regulators who are called upon to deal with complaints, and to be able to provide evidence that the claims investigation was conducted in good faith. Bodily injury claims requires a section in the claim file dealing with the injury. This section concerns itself with the preparation of a complete bodily injury claim file. And that file should contain, at the very least, photographs of good quality, reproducible, and if taken with film with a negative that can be enlarged or recorded digitally, with at least sufficient density that the photos can be printed, enlarged, or projected with high quality. Polaroid photographs, although quick and certain, and which were used when I was a young adjuster back in the 1960s, are difficult to reproduce or enlarge. Photographs taken with digital cameras or cellular telephones that have digital cameras built in are subject to manipulation and may be difficult to get into evidence without clear testimony from the person taking the photos that he or she did so and that those produced accurately represent what was taken and that the photos have not been changed or otherwise modified. Photographs should document at the minimum the people, equipment, or machinery involved in the incident, the area where the accident occurred, and the scene surrounding the incident or accident. If possible, the date and time the photograph was taken should be electronically printed on the photograph. If this is not possible, the adjuster should immediately label each photograph With the time, date, and place the photograph was taken, and his or her initial notations as to the device used to take the photographs, and as to where and when the photographs were taken. The photograph should then be mounted on a sheet that identifies all of the following, or mounted electronically in the computer database file kept by the insurer. One, the person taking the photograph. Two, the date the photograph was taken. Three, the time the photograph was taken. Four, whether or not artificial illumination was used. Five, the type of camera used. Six, the type and speed of the film used, if any. If 7. If digital, where and when taken and recorded in the format with which the photo was saved, such as JPG, PDF, PNG, or whatever format was used by the device and the computer in which it was stored, the name of the insured, the policy number, the claim number, and the date of loss. Photographs should be taken immediately after any incident occurs that may result in a claim being filed or immediately after any claim has been filed. The photograph should be taken by an experienced insurance company investigator, a professional photographer, or some other independent, financially disinterested person. Neither defense counsel nor the insured should be tasked with taking the photographs, although the insured might be able to take photographs at the moment of the incident and those can be verified and documented. They should be taken preferably by a person who will not be subject to any claim of prejudice or bias at a later date and who can... Verify the photographs by sworn testimony. The photographs of the scene should be taken at the same time of day as the incident giving rise to the claim and at the same season of the year as the incident giving rise to the claim. The adjuster of photographers should make the photographs as much like the scene at the time of the accident as possible. The adjuster must never clean up. Modify or set up the photograph to make the insured appear less culpable. Photographs are useful tools. However, a liar can compose and take a photograph. Facts can be manipulated by the positioning of the camera to show information that would never be observable by the human eye. Similar effects can be created with a videotape or digital recorded video. Software exists to manipulate photographs and video. I have known of videotape depositions taken with a light shining in the face of the witness or color manipulations to make the defendant take on a green color to make him look evil. Insurers in the past were known to supply their adjusters with brooms so that they could clean up the floor at the scene of a trip and fall accident before they took their photographs. The photograph was then presented as evidence of no liability on the part of the store where the plaintiff fell. These techniques don't exist with any regularity anymore. Insurance companies sincerely desire to pay all claims owed and do so more than 95% of the time. Newspapers, articles, or clippings, if they document the loss or claim, must be collected and placed into the liability claim file. Newspapers published the day of and the day after the incident provide information If nothing else, regarding the weather on the date of the incident, the temperature, the time of sunrise and sunset, wind patterns, smog, or visibility problems, and other information relating to the environmental context of the incident. Other local articles, magazines, or publications that provide an unbiased objective view of weather events or other conditions that may have had a bearing on the incident can yield valuable insights. Today there are blog postings and local news outlets that are limited to the internet and they should also be reviewed to see if they could be of any assistance in the investigation. The the liability claim file also needs to have information about police, governmental, or internal security reports. Copies of all reports made by any agency regarding the incident should be obtained. These may include reports by police, fire departments, paramedics, ambulance, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration OSHA, Railroad commissions, federal aviation authorities, or internal corporate security or safety inspectors. It is important to a thorough investigation of any claim to obtain the first report and all supplemental reports made by such agencies, obtaining financial statements, profit and loss statements, or reports from local credit reporting agencies, from the insured and the claimant with their written permission of the insured and the claimant will also be helpful. The adjuster must talk in person to the person who prepared each report, not just someone who typed up the report or wrote the report based on another investigator's notes. If possible, the adjuster should also review the preparer's notes and or file to make sure that all the information about the incident and a complete list of witnesses is included in the report. This conversation and review should take place as soon as possible after the incident because the more time that passes, the more likely it is that people will change jobs, lose their notes, or destroy or discard their files, or simply forget anything to do with the loss the adjuster should be looking for conclusions drawn by the preparer, whether speaking to him or her in person or reviewing his or her file notes. On finding any such conclusions, the adjuster should try to determine which facts led the preparer to make them. Those facts may not be in the final report or the notes. Often the preparer is not even consciously aware of them the adjuster must be ready to assist the preparer in recalling these facts and determining the bases of the conclusions. The liability claims file should always document communications with the claimant, the person making a claim against the insured. All contacts with each claimant should be specifically documented, including the dates that each contact took place, The time and place of the contact, who was present at the time of the contact, whether the contact was recorded by the adjuster and or the claimant, and the physical condition of the claimant at the time of the contact. The adjuster should record observations of casts, canes, or walkers and their use by the claimant. The adjuster should observe the ability of the claimant to sit, stand, walk, and move while the contact takes place. Personal observations of an injured claimant is one of the most effective methods of evaluating the injury and its value. The first contact should take place as early as possible. Regular contacts thereafter are desirable. All claims files relating to contact with a claimant should clearly state, one, the date that any communications with the claimant first involved the discussion of possible litigation, two, the status of the law relating to the incident under investigation, for example, whether the jurisdiction applies comparative or contributory negligence, three, if the claimant has had conversations with attorneys, or four, whether the claimant is threatening to sue. This information is very important for the attorneys who may want to protect the subsequent contents of the file and claim that the investigation is privileged and exempt from discovery. In most states, investigation conducted in anticipation of litigation is protected from disclosure to the plaintiff under the attorney's work product protection, often incorrectly called the work product privilege the file should also contain information about all witnesses and the contact between the adjuster or investigator and the independent witnesses. If experts are used, the claim file must explain the experts needed, the fact that the expert was retained, and that the experts had been cautioned against drawing conclusions or stating opinions in their written reports without including the tests or other facts that they relied on to form the conclusions or opinions. If possible, the experts should avoid providing a written report. The adjuster's purposes are just as well served by an oral report while investigation is proceeding since new facts can be garnered as investigation continues that might affect or change the expert's opinions. The expert's notes of the investigation are usually sufficient and can be added to as new facts are learned during the progress of discovery and investigation. If there is no report, the plaintiff will be unable to obtain it by discovery. And that only if providing the expert's report in discovery to the claimant or his counsel would assist in evaluating and resolving the claim. For the expert's report to be of use, it must be based on the scientific method and be capable of verification by other specialists. If it is not, at trial the court will not allow the expert to testify applying the rules in Cumho Tyre and Daubert versus Merrill Dow. It is prudent, therefore, to only prepare a final expert report shortly before discovery cutoff or trial. The file should also contain medical information concerning the claimant, which was obtained with a medical authorization obtained as soon as possible from the claimant, individually, directly, or through his counsel and all other injured parties. Continuous follow-up on medical treatments received by the claimant and visits by the claimant to medical personnel are required. It is imperative to document the claimant's first and all subsequent contact with any doctor, physician, therapist, hospital, or other health care provider. The adjuster should keep a running total of all medical bills and contacts with medical personnel. The first contact with an injured claimant is critical. Establishing rapport is one of the most difficult tasks an adjuster or investigator undertakes. It is accomplished by attitude rather than technique. The file should also contain information about insurance company contacts, the policy, the process of the investigation, collection of physical evidence, product history of product liability is involved, and the use of in-house security or safety investigations and premises liability. This video was adapted from my book zalma on insurance claims part 105 second edition which is available as both a kindle book and a paperback from amazon.com if you found this video to be interesting or useful to you and your colleagues please pass it on it's free And please also subscribe to my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, my blog, and to my Substack publications so that you can learn about future videos and future blog postings. Thank you for your attention.